You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. six and six is knowing, knowing. As saints of God, we, we have to be people of knowledge. I said we have to be people of knowledge and we have to understand various things in reference to knowledge. For instance, let's go, let's go to uh, Hosea, chapter 4, and verse 6. Hosea, chapter 4, and verse 6. Again, as people of knowledge, or as people of God, we have to know certain things about about knowing a uh, knowledge. So consider this. Hebrews, well, Hosea 4 and 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you don't have sufficient knowledge, you'll be destroyed. Figuratively, you'll be ruined. He goes on in the same verse saying, because you are God's people, have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. God's people are destroyed from lack of knowledge, not having enough. And one reason they don't have enough of what will keep them from being destroyed is because they reject it. People that are in the flesh only want to hear what they want to hear. And so they will gladly receive what they want, but will reject the rest. But based upon this verse, when you do such, you're messing up your own self. And the sad thing about it, you can have God, but still be destroyed because of rejecting knowledge. Who is he talking to in the text? God's people. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because you have rejected. Yeah, Pastor had a good message last Sunday. I ate up every bit of it. But then he came back with something I just didn't want. So I just took 
what I wanted, and I, I, I just didn't want the rest of that. When you do such, you are destroying yourself. Because remember, a pastor is not just, a genuine pastor is not just someone that's going to give you a message, but someone who has been given authority by God to feed you with knowledge and understanding. You don't want to be destroyed. So whatever God gives you, receive it, even if you're not in the place you need to be. Never reject what God puts on your plate. Because God is not trying to hurt you, but help you. You believe that? But let's go further. We know we don't need to lack knowledge, right? But let's consider Daniel. Let's consider Daniel. And, let's, and Daniel's right next to Hosea. Let's consider Daniel chapter 11. Verse 32. Ready? Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God, number one, shall be strong. Number two, Carry out great exploits. The underlying meaning of exploits is to be prosperous or successful. When you carry out great exploits, you're going to be prosperous or successful as well as powerful. Those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. You will not be successful if you don't know your God. You will not be successful if you don't know your God. But if you know your God, you will be strong and successful. If you know your God, you will be strong and successful. And when you consider this, it connotes a promise. So, just based upon Hosea and Daniel, we should have the understanding that if I reject knowledge, I'm going to destroy myself. If I only get what I want, I'm going to destroy myself. 
But on the flip side of that, if I get to know my God, I won't be somebody's flunky. I'll be strong and successful. I will carry out great exploits. Real clear. I want to talk about three stages of knowing. Three stages of knowing that, that are very, very important. First stage is when you become aware of something or somebody. That's the first stage of knowing. You become aware of something or somebody. It's a stage where you can be a sinner or a Christian. A sinner can be aware of God, his written word, and his revealed word. All that sinner has to do is just come to church. And listen and become aware of God's written and revealed word just like a saint. But then the second stage of level is when you become sure about it. You become sure. You're, you're sure you know that God is real. You're sure when it comes to God's healing. You're sure when it comes to God's tithe. You're sure that if you give, He'll open up windows, pour, out you, pour you out a blessing you won't have room to receive. You're just sure about it. You done left being just aware about it. Now you're, you're sure about it. Now you can be a sinner and be sure about certain things in reference to God. You can be a sinner and be sure about, you know you're going to hell if you don't get your life to Christ. And you're a sinner, but you're sure about that. You can be sure about that. And, and even as a Christian, you can be sure about prayer. You can be, man, I know prayer works. But there are some things when it comes to God 
that in order for you to be sure about, have a knowing in you to the point where I know he will do this. You got to be mature. You've got to be mature in order to be sure about certain things when it comes to God. You've got to be mature. When you're going through a, a, a fiery trial, the only way you're, you're, you're going to count it all joy, you're going to rejoice, is because you're sure you're coming out of it. The Bible tells us we, we go through various trials, but when all is said and done, according to James 1, 1 through 4, we are going to lack nothing. But the only way to go through something like that, you got to be, well, to go through something like that the right way, you got to be mature. You're not going to be sure you're going to come out if you're not mature. Because you have some folk will read what the scripture says, but still doubt. You got to be mature when you're in the midst of the lion's den to know that though you're surrounded by lions, they're not going to be able to consume you. You got to be sure when, when, when your, your offering is greater than the tithe you give to God. You got to be sure that God going to bless you even more so because of your giving. You got to be sure. Because if you're not sure, you'll hit and miss. You'll give sometime and sometime you won't. But when you're sure, you're mature and you're consistent you're consistent you're consistent the final level of a stage is you're not just sure about what you know but what you know has become a part of who you are. You behave like you. You know certain things. Even when you are around other folk that are not acting the same way, you still stick to what you know and it's exemplified in your behavior. It's manifested in your thoughts your words, and your deeds. You have a knowing that it's going to be well even though you're in the midst of trouble and you're surrounded by doubters, folk that don't believe you're going to come out and saying you ain't going to come out, talking about how you will never make it out. You're in the midst of all of this. But because you are mature and what you know has become a part of your 
behavior, your thoughts, your words, and your deeds, it does not matter what they say. You know you're coming out. It doesn't matter what it feels like. You know you're coming out. That's the ultimate level that every mature saint of God should be striving to be on. You're just not sure about what is written and revealed. It has become a part of you. You behave like you know. You look like you know. You might even smell like you know. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, you just know. Because it's a part of you. And, and, and it's bigger than a feeling. Because when it's such a part of you, you, you do feel it. And, and you feel it in one sense because it's in you. It's in you. Job knew he was going to be redeemed in the midst of a trial and, and doubters, get this, who he considered his best friends were constantly nagging and talking doubt 24-7. But he knew he was going to come out. You can't have a knowing like that unless it has become a part of your spirit, your soul, and your body. Look at somebody before I go in there first. It's got to be in you. And it's exemplified everywhere you go. It's not just in you in the church. It's in you everywhere you go. And again, that, that, there are certain things we just got to know to the point to where it's embedded in us. Which brings me to the text. Romans 6 and 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him or Jesus. Simple definition for cru crucified, put to death. Basically, when you consider Knowing that your old man was crucified with him, you have to recognize that the old man equates the sinner you used to be. I said the old man equates the sinner you used to be. You have to tell folk from time to time that old Barry or that old... Say your name. Is dead. <laughs> what happened to him? He was crucified with Christ. 
that old Barry no longer exists. You know the one that used to lie, that used to cuss you out, the one that used to crook you and do this, that, and the other, say he did now. Oh, I know you're still looking at a person that looked like that old Barry, but trust me, I know firsthand that old Barry is dead. Woo, look at your neighbor and ask him or her, do you know firsthand that that old person you used to be is dead? Look at the text. You got to know it. You got to know it. You got to know that the old you is. What happened to He was put to death. You got to know that. You got to know that. Well, maybe I ain't changed. See, you, you don't know. Well, maybe I am just going to be like my mom's. You don't know. Well, maybe what's going to happen to me is what happened to you. don't know. Well, you know, we've always been. You don't. When you get to talking certain things or uh, uh, acting in certain ways in reference to your past, you don't know who you are in Christ. You're still old. You still got sinner in you. I don't want y'all to get mad at me tonight, so help me read the first part of Romans 6 and 6. Knowing this, that our was what? Wealth. He was put to death. See, if somebody cusses you out, And in you comes out. Basically what the person said to you. That old man is still there. Say to your neighbor, you don't need to fake like the old man is gone. You need to know that he gone. Anybody can, can give God a praise on Sunday when everything is wonderful. But can you give him a praise when everything that can go wrong is taking place? You have to know that the old man is dead. Crucified. And he is because of Christ. That's the reason. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Stay with me. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. I know you can quote it, but we're going to look at this stuff tonight. I want everybody to see it. Like you just, this your first night at church. That's how we want it to be tonight. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Ready? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a create all things have behold look 
You got to look before you recognize that all things are what? You got to look at yourself and be honest. Do you still cuss during the week like you used to? Do you still crook during the week like you used to? You got to be able to, to see and you have to know within yourself that you are new. Say to your neighbor, new is not perfect. You're not flawless, but you know you're not who you used to By a show of hand, you can boldly say to somebody, I know I'm new. <laughs> and when you get in trouble and it gets to hurting, you got to maintain your newness. <laughs> Y'all all right? Let's go further. Back to Romans 6 and 6. He goes on to say, that the body of sin might be done away with. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body or life of sin might be done away with. With. See, if your literal body was done away with, that means you'll be at cemetery, you'll be at the crematory, you'll be somewhere else. But the body of sin refers to your life. That the body of sin or your life would be done away with. True Christians have the testimony, I don't do what I used to do. I don't go where I used to go. Why? That old man is gone. Well, I still go to the club, but I know I'm saved. Not according to that scripture. Yeah, I lie, cheat, and yeah, I admit I snort my dope every now and then. And occasionally I have me just a little liquor for the stomach's sake. Like Timothy, but I'm still saved. I don't remember Timothy having a little look. You understand what I'm saying? See, see, folk would try to justify still staying old or living a life of sin. But you have to know that the body of sin or the life of sin is Look at the verse again. 
I don't want to lose you tonight because I'm almost done. Stay with me. That the body of sin might be done away. Help me. Why do we need the body of sin to be done away with? Because the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is the wages of sin is Christ is the one that took upon himself our sins in order for us to have life. We were crucified or put to death with him. When he laid down his life, it was for us. We died with him even though we didn't experience the physical pain that he experienced. We yet died with him. He had to die for us and offer up something in order for us to be able to become new. What did he offer up? He offered up his, his blood in order for our sin uh, unrighteousness to be remitted or removed. Let me show you a couple of scriptures and I'm, I'm going to be done. But let me just show you a couple of things. Let's go to Hebrews 9. Because I want to give you a reference into, into what I just said. Hebrews 9. Verse 22. Hebrews 9 and 22. And according to the law of the word, almost all things are purified or made clean with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or removal of Sin. In order for me to be new and to have a life free of sin, he had to shed his blood. He cared about us. Now consider Romans. Five, and let's start at verse six. Just let me deal with it just a little bit more. Romans five and six. Ready? For when we were still without strength, 
Did sin have you wrapped up tied up and tangled up? That means you didn't have no strength to what? Get out of it. Oh, some of y'all trying to act like you weren't like that. Let me just break it down a little bit more. You couldn't quit drinking on your arm. You couldn't quit snorting on your arm. You couldn't quit lying on. Y'all ain't even ready to help me over here. You couldn't quit lying on your The only way you were able to cut loose folks you didn't have no business hanging with in the first place was the Lord. You didn't have enough strength to do it. You would do dumb stuff because other folk were doing it. I said you would do dumb stuff because other folk were doing it. Elder Tom was the only one going to say I was guilty. But it's a lot of us that were guilty of doing stuff like that. But notice again, Romans 5 and 6. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the help. Who? Was that you? For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Even though you have folk that lie say, yeah, I'll die for you. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's easy to talk that. I said, it's easy to talk that. But notice this, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners. What does it take to be a sinner? Be born? That's it. We were born into sin. That's all it takes. Notice again. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been made righteous. How? By his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Why did he do all that? That the body of sin might be done away with. But then the last thing I want to talk about is what, how he closes out Romans 6 and 6. That we should no longer be slaves. To sin. Doubt is a sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And at the top of the list is doubt. You don't have to doubt your healing. He died for it. You don't have to doubt the blessing of giving. It has been proven time and time again. That, that's the reason Malachi uh, 3 and 8 starts off with prove me now. Try me now in this. 
says the Lord. If I will not open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, you won't have room enough to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. God never talks just to be talk, talking. Never promises something just to be promising it. Paul, in hindsight, when he looked at all of the promises that God fulfilled in reference to Moses, David, Daniel, Hosea, and so forth, he penned in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. How could he say all? Because he looked back. And he recognized everything that he told Abraham he was going to do. He did it. Checked it off. Everything he told David, he did it. Checked it off. And everything he told Paul personally, he did it. He could check out. He could check it off concerning himself. And some of us can do the same thing. Things that God told you he was going to do for you. You could pull out your pen right now and start checking off stuff. He said he was going to make my life better. Check. He said he, he was going to bless me with my own house, my own this, that, and the other. Check. Say to your neighbor, have you looked at your list lately? Do you have some things that you done checked off? You may not have checked off everything, but, but you have to understand God got a timing. For everything, there is a season. Everything, there is a time. Well, under the heaven. But there are some things that, that you have asked God to do since you've been saved. You can check those things off. I said you can check those things off. All of his promises are yes and amen. And, and see, just little things like that, which are really big things, should cause us to have in our being, because of what I know about my God, I just refuse to be a slave to sin again. You ain't going to make me cuss you out. No matter how <laughs> ugly you treat me. I refuse to be a slave to sin. You can be the meanest person you can be. And, and you can try to make me ju just give up on what God done told me. Go on with your mean self. But I'm still going to trust God for my salvation. You can just, you can be just as stingy as you want to be. Not helping me. But I ain't going to worry about that. I'm just going to trust God. And he going to do for me exactly what I need to be. 
You ain't got to get upset because every time you go to your doctor, he talk more negative stuff than positive stuff. All you got to know is that God done already died for your healing. He done already took stripes that you may be healed. You just got to hold on to what you know. got to hold on to what you know and never allow yourself to become a slave to sin. Again, whatsoever is not of faith is I don't know if that's Bible preaching. Well, let's, let's go to, I think, Romans 12 and 3. I got, got to make sure. If not, y'all going to have to help me out. Some of y'all look when I said that. But y'all good folk. Is that it? We got to find it then. Get to work. <laughs> Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Get to work. Get to finding it. We in Bible study. Somebody need to see that tonight. 14 and 23. Romans 14 and 23. Read it since you done got it, Brother Joey. Read it. Just as plain. What is faith? Faith comes by? And hearing by what? Would we be right in saying faith is God's word? Written and? Written that you cannot be a slave to something or somebody that is in contrast to God's. Help me. Written and reveal word. You can't be a slave to that. And let me tell you something. Anytime God tells you something and it does not work out at a particular time or does not work out in a particular way, sin or that which is opposed to God's word is going to start talking. You pray. But it ain't happened yet. You don't see nobody sometime, but you hear that voice. It may not be audible, but you hear it speaking to you. Then sometimes you have folks that say, look, I know you. I know you believe in prayer, but you got to use common sense. And see, you have to recognize when somebody tells you not to not, not to hold on to your prayer and you don't pray according to the word but use your common sense even though it sounds correct it's not right because it's in contrast to the word whatsoever is not of faith is if it's not faith it's not sin and I've had folks say, you know, 
You know, uh, Reverend Walker, you, you know, it's good to pray. It's good to trust God. But, you know, sometimes we mess up because we don't have common sense. I've had folk tell me that. And I didn't even correct them by calling me what I don't like to be called. But, but, but that's what they told me. But whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Y'all holding on? It doesn't matter if your mama say it. Something going on over here tonight. Something is going on. There's something going on over there. Whatsoever is not of faith. Whatsoever is not and the wages of sin is if you allow what somebody tells you to become a part of your makeup and what they told you is in contrast to God's word you have allowed sin to become a part of your thoughts. And the wages of sin is. Yeah. And then they say, well, you know, but he's a doctor. So, if a doctor is talking contrary to the word, let every man be what? But he a preacher like you. So, let every be what? And God be. Don't let nobody call you to get back in the bondage of sin. Get this. That, that, that's the reason when you accept somebody's word, that thing will stay with you. You done got that bad report. You can't even eat right because, that, because it's sin. It's killing you. It's controlling you. It's one thing for something to attack you and you fight and that thing has to go. But it's another thing for that thing to just stay with you. And you just allow it to just take total control. It's in your head and then you'll start talking to it like it's a person. It'll just be in your mind. It's getting worse. Oh, it is getting worse. You just agree with what was in your mind or was coming to your, to your mind. And the thing that was coming to your mind was in contrast to faith or God's word. And whatever is not of faith is 
y'all redeeming y'all self. I said whatsoever is not from faith is oh y'all redeeming y'all self. They already redeemed over here. These are the children of the redeemed over here. I got to show you something. And then I'm done. I'm closing with this. Lord have mercy. I'm closing with this right here. Go uh, Romans 6. And we're going to start at verse 6. And keep in mind the last, I mean, well, Romans 6. And we're going to start at verse 4. Keep in mind Romans 6 and the latter part. We don't need to serve sin or be slaves to sin. All right, Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we were buried with Christ through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, this is what I want you to get. Even so, we also should walk or live. How? Your life needs to be different. Different. Let your unsaved wife know you're different. I know she go to church, but let her know you know she ain't saved. Even though she go to church, she, that, she, that if you really saved, you're going to be new. Let your cousin who always quote scripture that really ain't saved know that it's one thing to quote scripture, but it's another thing to live what you quote. You got to be new. We should walk in the of what? We should walk in the what? Let me break that down real quick just in, in simple ways. If with his stripes I was healed, I need to walk like I'm healed. He said, give and it shall be given. Even though I ain't got a dime in my pocket, I need to walk like I'm expecting a check, expecting money, expecting a breakthrough at any minute. Why? Give and it shall be what? Give. I done gave, now I'm broke. But I'm expecting increase. I'm expecting good measure. And then when I get the good measure, I'm going to give some more so I can go further by expecting not only the good measure, but the press, the shaker. And the running, I'm walking in what? Newness of life. And as long as I walk in the newness of life, I'm not a slave to sin. And I'm done. Let's get the Lord a hand.